Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnick. And I'm Paul Pepys. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, why don't we name differences? Why don't we name differences? You know, it's interesting. We talk about, you know, how there's great wisdom to be found in the differences between people. Um, the reason why we call the show Employing Differences because we believe that's a great source of innovation, of creativity, of relational space. It's a tremendous thing to tap. And also, we have a tendency to not name differences because I think in some cases, uh, there's a cultural component to it. We've been told, like, don't point out that people are different or don't point out that this thing is, is uh, different in some way. And so for some of us, we've certainly been raised to, um, you can point out certain things uh, and not others. Um, there is a story in um, Robin DiAngelo's book, uh, White Fragility, where she sort of illustrates that she talks about being in the supermarket and there is, uh, there's a, a mother and a child there and the child looks over and she see, and the child sees a, a black man in the, the supermarket and the mother and the child are white. And the child says, mom, that man is black. And the mom says, don't say that. And in the book, Robin D'Angelo points out, like if the child had said that man is handsome, the mom wouldn't have reacted the same way. So there are certain things that we're kind of taught in our different cultures that it's okay to point out differences and other differences that it's not okay to talk about. And the problem is that when we don't talk about them, we can't actually work with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think most of us at this point in the culture have had the experience of naming a difference and having people be offended by that mm -hmm. when, when we didn't intend offense and didn't realize that what we were saying would be offensive in some ways. And I think that comes from a couple of places. Um, I think some of it has to do with the, the sort of culture and history of, you know, people who certainly relative to race, which as we're recording this, there are riots happening around the country related to race. So we're very conscious today, I think about race examples. Um, but it happens about other things too, that people who, if, if I grew up as a child being criticized, being judged, being left out, being even punished possibly for some trait in me, mm -hmm. and then you point to it, I'm going to feel attacked by that regardless of your intention. And so I think that's one of the dynamics to work with is what do we do about that? Yeah, that, that idea that unintended harm, right? I don't think anything of it when I point out this difference. And it is somehow meaningful and significant and painful to you. And then, and then we might not interact very skillfully around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think one of the pieces about what to do about this is to create a culture in which when someone's not comfortable, it's okay to say so. So if I'm the receiver of a comment that is someone's named a difference and I'm not comfortable with it, that my response, rather than being, you said a horrible, you know, racist or judgmental or nasty thing and you should never have said that, 
if instead I can respond with, wow, I'm really uncomfortable with how you said that. And I'm really curious where that's coming from. And right. And then, and then a conversation happens out of that. Right. And both people partner around yet. There's been a hurt here and we both take responsibility for what we brought to making it happen. And, and have enough of a sense of relationship that we can say, okay, we're going to, we're going to start from the assumption that you weren't trying to attack me. Mm -hmm. And that when I say I feel attacked or I feel hurt or I'm disturbed by that, that, that you're also assuming that I'm not trying to attack you, but that doesn't make the hurt any less real or the need for sorting it out any less. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a place there of like actually committing to work through that difficulty where, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that can be really useful is for us to have an understanding that, you know, when I say something that is, is in some way hurtful to you, I know that you're going to uh, sort of name without blaming, right? You're going to name what you're feeling. You're going to name the effect that that has on you and not necessarily blame me for doing it, but you're going to make me aware of it. And now I can, haha, now I can engage my curiosity and go, oh, wow. Okay. I want to uh, like, help me understand that a little bit better so that I can change my behavior in the future so that I can understand it. And I think because we are not used to those kinds of conversations happening, instead, our loss aversion kicks in and we go, oh, if I name this, this might get awkward and painful. So I'm not going to name this difference. I'm going right. to talk around it. I'm going to get really indirect um, because I'm worried that things might blow up and that we yeah. won't handle it. And so I think because we have an experience of people not handling it well. And I think yeah. that's one of the big reasons why we don't name differences. And it also points to how we can lean into that a little bit. How can we overcome that? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the other piece is just consciousness of how much sort of judgment we do bring to differences. And that's a place where I think we really have a cultural piece around. I mean, we grew up in schools where we got put in order by our academic success. We got put in order by, you know, various things. We got put in order by age. And most of those things that we got ordered by were um, pointing to differences that had values attached. Mm -hmm. That this end of the line is better and this end of the line is worse. And so when we say, oh, look, you got better grades than that person or you got a better test score or often even things like you're taller or you're thinner or you're happier, that what we were saying is you're better. That, mm -hmm. that so much of how we compliment children is in comparatives, that, that anything that is a comparison judges their value as a person. Um, and that is built into the way that we language things and the way that we think about things. And so just being really thoughtful about that and noticing within ourselves, okay, where am I seeing a difference and being curious about how we employ that difference to further the team? And where do I have some underlying judgment or might there be? And, and getting curious about it and sometimes being really explicit. So, you know, I'm noticing something that's different here and I really wanna say, I, I don't, I'm not looking for better or worse. I'm just wondering about this difference. So for example, I, I work with another gal um, and she's theoretically my supervisor on these projects. And 
you know, but we know that, you know, if it's like testing links to make sure which one works, she is really thorough and good at that. And we're going to let her do that because that's what she's really good at. If we need a creative writing piece, that's me. And, mm -hmm. and that's where my strength is. And because we've developed the safety around that, we are able to say those things to each other and go, yep, that's me to do. That's yours to do, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of that's around language that could be really hurtful if it's framed in a different way. And sometimes the framing isn't in the language even as much as the tone. Sometimes we're not real conscious of it. So just getting really curious about, am I bringing up that childhood prioritizing or ordering or valuing differences? Or am I really in my own head in a space of, I'm just noticing there's these two different things. What are we going to do about that? And sometimes when you're in that space of just the noticing, the other person hears the comparison um, because that's their frame of mind. That's their cultural background. That's where they're coming from. Um, and then, you know, to go back to the, you know, then they get offended by that. Why would you say that? I'm like, hold on, let's back up. Right. But yeah. Like comparison is something that happens all the time. Uh, even when we don't intend it to, uh, and when we, we do the comparison without realizing it, other people hear the comparison when we may not intend it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that can, that is one of the things that also provokes the, the not necessarily great and useful responses. I think that the third piece of like why we don't um, point out differences uh, is the kind of thing that underlies both of these, which is that we haven't created enough safety to feel safe to point out uh, those differences, that there's a kind of relational space. It's, it's a vulnerable move to say, hey, mm -hmm. I'm gonna point this thing out um, because I'm opening myself up to the possibility of, of some sort of danger, a backlash of something like that. Um, it's a vulnerable move to do it. And if we're not feeling safe enough to, to say that, then we're not gonna. Uh, and so there's a, a piece of creating a strong relational web to create the safety, you know, to know what is it okay for us to talk about, even if it's just slightly beyond the edge of what we might nor normally, ordinarily talk about, because we need to. Yeah, yeah. And I love, you know, I love it when I see teams that are able to say, you know, I'm really glad you said that, and it made me totally uncomfortable. Can we talk about that? Like, I'm glad that's out, and I don't like what you said. Yeah. <laughs> that those things can both be there and you can celebrate like what's happening in the team, which is mm -hmm. now we get to work through. Because I think you were talking earlier about how we so often say, well, I'm just not going to say it because it's not safe. Mm -hmm. And, and what I want to add to that is, and the person that you're with notices that you just dodged vulnerability and that doesn't feel good to them either. Like it's yeah. not as safe as we think it is. Like there is that relational and, you know, and, and we're really good as humans at going, there was something he wanted to say that he didn't say. Mm -hmm. And, and then I can make up the story about what that was or why he didn't say it or right. So there are layers and layers of what happens almost usually unconsciously about mm -hmm. this. And so again, it's the theme that we talk about over and over again of getting conscious about it and having safe spaces to say it. The thing I want to point out in what you said there is that we may not be aware that we're dodging it, and the other person is. 
Um, yes. that we're so good at that. Uh, <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone yesterday who at three points during the conversation got to the point of saying, so, you know, what's really important about this is, and then there was a dot, 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 and a topic change. And I, I pointed it out at one point and this person was totally unaware that they'd done it. Mm-hmm. And so when we don't talk about those things, when we veer away from them, we might think that we are doing it skillfully or that we are preventing discomfort or that we're doing like that. But the people around us can tell um, mm-hmm. more often than not. Yeah, yeah. And then that triggers their concerns for safety. So. And I think the piece I want to really lean into with this is that it only takes one person in the room to notice and shift and the whole thing shifts. So if there's Mm -hmm. one person willing to say, you know, I think there's something not being said here, or I think there was an offense that happened, or, you know, I have a sense that and bring it up, that usually will open up so the conversation can begin to happen. Mm -hmm. And I will build on that slightly, which is recognize who is the safest person in the room to say it. And if that's you, you should say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I think just to pull the threads together, what we're saying is that we tend not to name differences because it doesn't feel safe. And it doesn't feel safe for good reasons. We have a culture that says comparison means value judgments. We have a culture that says it's not okay to point out differences, um, and it's incredibly vulnerable to be the one who breaks that cultural norm and names the difference. And we think we're safer to dodge that and not name it. Almost always, that's not as safe an option as we think it is, and that the real relational gold and the really deep collaborative space that's going to bring about the innovation and creativity that we want in these safe relationship spaces is to kindly but authentically name what's real for you in this moment. And whether that's, I'm seeing a difference, I'm hoping it's not offensive to anyone I want to name it, or I was really offended by what you just said. I'm glad you said it because we can talk about it. But in that, like bringing open and into consciousness those things that we tend to try and shove out of the way because they don't feel safe um, is going to give us a, a better way of working together. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnick. And this has been Employing Differences.